Hello, 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 and welcome to the first official episode of the SciComm Toolkit podcast. I'm Soph, or some of you may know me as Soph Talk Science. I am a molecular biologist turned science communicator and digital content creator. And I cannot believe that I am finally launching this little passion project of mine. I've been mulling it over in my brain for, gosh, it must be at least 18 months or so now, but it's here. It's finally out there in the world. And I am so grateful that you have joined me and I can hopefully share some little nuggets of wisdom with you. The SciComm Toolkit is a show for researchers and science communicators or anyone who wants to talk about science really, so they can get all the tools they need to communicate their science with confidence. So whether you are just starting out, whether you want to learn a new skill or level up your SciComm confidence, this show will give you everything that you need to bring science stories to life. Now, if you wanted to build a house, you wouldn't start until you had dug down and created the foundations, or at least I hope you wouldn't. The same goes for your science communication. To continue to build up and level up, you first need to have some strong foundations. Those foundations are going to give you that strong and sturdy base and framework to start from. Without those foundations in place, anything you try to create could quickly be blown down with a simple puff of smoke. So I wanted to kickstart this podcast with a sort of mini-series about what I like to call the SciComm Foundations. The five W's and the H. The why, what, when, where, who and how of science communication. Of course, with future episodes, we are going to dive deeper into different ways of doing science communication. But with this mini-series to kick everything off, I really wanted to give a broad overview, an introduction and an outline of the SciComm landscape. So don't worry, the intricate details about different topics are coming, but we all need a starting point. If there are certain topics, though, that you would like to see covered in future episodes, do get in touch and let me know what you would like to see. But back to today and this episode, I want to talk to you about what science communication is and what I mean by SciComm in the context of this podcast. I'm going to share nine reasons why you should bother doing science communication at all. And finally, we'll do a little bit of DIY and share some tips and tools for helping you to find your why. So without further ado, let's get stuck in. So what is science communication? Also known as SciComm. It is the practice of educating, informing, sharing and raising awareness of science related topics with an audience. Usually science communication includes not just science, but the other STEM disciplines of technology, engineering and maths too. And the people who share this sense of wonder and curiosity about scientific discoveries and arguments are called science communicators. But things can get a little confusing because when I say science communication, it can mean a variety of different things depending on who you ask. You might have heard of the terms public engagement or science outreach or patient involvement, and there is science education too. The definitions of each and the differences between them can be a little hazy at times. Some talk about two-way conversations compared to one-way, 
Some are defined by different audiences and so on and so on. But I don't want to overcomplicate things. For the purpose of this podcast, when I say science communication, I mean all of those areas. Not only because it will streamline everything and we can chat to even more incredible experts, but also because they are all intertwined and we can debate those differences another time. In a recent job interview, I was asked whether I was sure I wanted to do SciComm and not go into a public engagement role instead. But the point of my answer to that question, though, was that they both need each other to be successful. For science communication, you want people to engage. And at a public engagement event, you will keep people engaged by knowing how to tell a good story or by being able to communicate key facts and information in fun and accessible ways. Hopefully you see my point that they all need each other and so this podcast aims to cover all aspects. Okay, so now you know what science communication is, why on earth would you want to do it? If you're an active researcher in the lab, I know from first-hand experience that taking time to do science communication means you are not in the lab or you are not at your desk working on your actual research. And it can sometimes be tricky to convince your manager that it is worth it at all. You might be wondering why on earth we need science communicators like me and so many others who aren't practicing researchers themselves. Or perhaps you're a non-scientist listening to this and you're wondering why you might want to engage with science communication yourself. There are so many reasons and benefits for you, your audience, your institute and so on by getting involved with science communication. But because I don't want this episode to be hours long if I listed them all, here are just nine reasons why you might want to and you should try a science communication. So the first one is to be a role model in STEM. This one has always been really important for me and still is a key part of why I do science communication. I grew up in southwest of Wales and the closest I got to a scientist or a science festival or anything like that was my school science teachers or maybe a trip to the doctor or the dentist. There wasn't really anything like that anywhere near me. So it was important for me to show that people like me could do science as a day job. And now I want to show people the kinds of jobs you can have within science. It's not just about the research and the discoveries, but there are so many other cogs in that engine, or what I like to call the science research engine. And I hope that others will learn that there are options for science careers for them, even if that isn't the stereotypical research. And it goes far beyond that, no matter how you identify what your interests are and so on, it is so, so important that others can see what people like them can achieve and their voices can be heard too. So you can help inspire the next generation of scientists and STEM professionals. The next reason is to improve trust in science and fight misinformation. By adding that human element to science communication, It makes science and STEM more relatable to non-scientists and non-experts. By getting involved in science communication, you are helping to put a friendly face to science and building that trust with whoever you interact with. We are currently facing a tide of misinformation right now. And by doing SciComm, you can help fight that. 
you might shed light on the processes and the timelines that go into a single scientific discovery. Or you might help teach someone how to check if a piece of information is accurate before it gets shared millions of times on Facebook. This and more is going to help make sure that the public are getting the right information and they know that they can get that from trusted experts like you. Reason number three to do science communication is that it can help to improve your science communication skills so that you can have a more impactful career. Having the skills to be a strong communicator is going to help you in your STEM career, whether that is a research role or not. If you can deliver more captivating conference talks or more visually accessible posters, even write powerfully and emotionally about your research idea in your next funding proposal. That is all going to help you become more impactful and more successful. There have even been studies that have shown that if you tweet about your recent publication, that it is more likely to get cited by others. As a PhD student, I also found that it helped me to get a better grasp of what I was actually doing in the lab and why. Because if I could explain it to the person I was having a conversation with in the pub, then it showed that I really understood what I was trying to do. Being able to have those conversations with non-scientists could also help shape your research. You would get to know what society is interested in related to your research topics, what their concerns may be, and you could even adjust your research accordingly, maybe even get them on board. And all of this is just going to help you become even more confident in your abilities too. Another reason to do SciComm is to empower debate and curiosity about science. One thing I'm really passionate about is the way we teach science in schools and the way people see science. Science can often be seen as having to memorize a load of facts, when in fact it's more of a method of discovery and wanting to ask questions. Many people think science stops at school if you don't go on to study it further at university. But I am really passionate about helping everyone to realize that science is all around them every day and it is central to our everyday lives. And so we should take an interest because it is directly relevant to us. Everything from healthcare to cooking our meals every day, to operating our smart devices to listen to podcasts like this, to the reason why you get certain species of bird in your back garden and endless other examples. Doing science communication can help change the way people think about science and they can get a better appreciation for it. But it's also vital to share that science doesn't have all the answers, at least right now anyway. Scientists are always finding new pieces of the jigsaw and trying to find the right place for it to fit into that bigger puzzle. Sometimes there is no right or wrong answer to a problem, so encouraging and creating safe spaces for people to share and debate those thoughts is crucial. Next on the list is all about money and funding. I mentioned earlier that having communication skills is going to help you pitch your case to get funding for your next research project but most research is publicly funded. Because of that, the public have a right to know how that money is being spent and what it is contributing to. Funders might also want to know where the money they gave you is being spent and how, and research institutes need to be able to show their impact also. The amount of money that different research areas can get can also be influenced by public interest in a topic. 
So by doing science communication about the technology you are developing to clean up our oceans, for example, that could generate a lot of public interest and the field could then be given a bigger slice of the pie to further advance what you are all doing. Reason number six is that you can explore other STEM career alternatives. This was another reason that was actually really important for me. I didn't even know that science communication was a career option a handful of years ago, and academia and research isn't for everyone. Science communication allowed me to experiment with what I wanted in a science career that wasn't in a lab. It helped me to gain that crucial experience and skills that I needed to get those jobs once my PhD was done. And it can do the same for you too. Yet another reason why you might want to do science communication is to share your impact and create societal change. A prime example of this is within science policy. The research you do in the lab can be used as evidence for the government, at least here in the UK, and I imagine in many other countries too. The evidence you could present to Parliament is going to allow those with such power to make recommendations or changes to many things in our lives, or maybe even influence changes in the law, like how a particular drug could be used to treat a new disease that doesn't have a treatment at the moment, or the development of electric car engines that are more efficient and more environmentally friendly. By doing science communication, no matter what your field of research, you're going to be able to show what impact you are having and what changes you can make to society. My penultimate reason is that you can expand your network. Doing science communication of any kind means that you get to meet many other people. This could be other scientists who might end up offering you a job or you might work together on a new collaboration. You can meet other science communicators and learn more tips and tricks from them. And there are others who can put you up for a range of different opportunities. You get to meet with other non-scientist audiences and you can build relationships with them that could help you to kickstart another SciComm project or so much more. The network you can create from doing science communication can help you with so many different things from jobs to moral support and beyond. The final reason to do science communication that I'm going to share with you today is that it's fun. Getting to talk to new people about what you are doing, getting to learn new skills to share your science in fun and creative ways, the places you get to go, the opportunities you can create. Yes, it costs time and money, but the rewards and benefits for me are incomparable. There are so many more reasons I could share and everyone is going to have a different reason. But there is always a benefit to getting involved with science communication, no matter who you are. The crucial thing is that you know why you want to do science communication. And that is what I want to help you with in the final part of today's episode. So I've shared these nine of maybe the biggest reasons why you should bother doing science communication. But right now, none of them are really going to be that personal or motivating to you, even the one that you are most relating to right now. It is your job to work out which of these motivations or many of the hundreds of others is most important to you and your situation. But crucially, why? And that is something I want to help you to do in this first DIY section of the pod. 
For me, one of the most important tools you can have in your SciComm toolkit is your why. It can, of course, change and evolve through time. Mine definitely has. But really hammering down on exactly why you want to do science communication is what is going to keep you motivated and keep you growing further. One of the most common reasons I would say that people want to do science communication is to tell the public more about their area of research, why it's important and why it's so cool. But that why just isn't going to cut it. I'll be honest, doing SciComm can be hard at times, especially if you aren't getting paid to do it and you're giving up your free time. So you need to know why you are doing this so you stay motivated and your ideas and projects don't fall to the wayside. So to help you find that real why that is going to keep you motivated and be a core tool in your SciComm toolkit, I want to introduce you to an exercise that my wonderful friend Prasha from her STEM story introduced me to. It's called Seven Levels Deep. You can find it at sevenlevelsdeep.com or I will add a link in the show notes. This exercise will ask you what it is you want to do and you might type in I want to communicate my research. Click enter and it will ask you why that is important to you. Share your answer to that question, click enter, and it will ask you why that is important to you. You can probably see where this is going now. By doing this exercise and really understanding your why for doing science communication or anything else in life you might want to use it for, that is what is going to keep you motivated and most importantly, inspire you to take action. I, for one, am very guilty of having an idea and just sitting on it for years. This podcast is one example of that. But sitting on that idea isn't helping me to improve my audio editing skills or help me to add some new tricks to my CV or improve my interviewing skills and my SciComm as a whole. Making that really personal connection to science communication is what is going to keep you coming back and back and improving and growing. So once you have done that exercise... I want you to get yourself a piece of paper or a post-it note or grab your journal. I want you to write out your why for doing science communication on it and put it somewhere you will see it every day. Stick it on your bathroom mirror or your desk at work. Write it at the top of your journal every day or every week. Hell, even turn it into the wallpaper for your phone. Put it somewhere so it can be a constant reminder to you of why you are doing science communication for when things can get a little challenging. It is also super important to review this fairly frequently. And even if you're not a SciComm newbie, get involved with this activity too. It is always good to come back to these SciComm foundations of yours that I'm going to help you build in this podcast. Reflect on them and tweak them as you need. And of course, make sure to visit them for each new project you start as well, because the why will probably be different. So go do some DIY right now, finish listening to this episode, find your why and stick it up somewhere you'll see it often. I also challenge you to share your why in an Instagram post or a blog post. Let your audience know your story, your background and why you do what you do. And feel free to share it with me, tag me in it. I would love to hear from you as well. And that is that. We have reached the end of the very first episode of the SciComm Toolkit. Today, we have covered the first of our SciComm foundations. 
We know what science communication is. We know some of the reasons why you should even bother doing science communication. And now you have, or very soon you will have, the first tool in your SciComm toolkit, and that is your why. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes and, of course, the links to your resources for this episode on my website. That is sofetalkscience.com forward slash toolkit. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love to hear from you. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at sof.talks.science. I would love it if you wanted to take a few minutes to leave me a review wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you want to continue to grow your Psycom confidence and expand your Psycom toolkit, then subscribe to the pod so you never miss an episode. In the next few episodes, we will continue to build our Psycom foundations as part of this mini series within season one. But until then, I hope you have a wonderful day, whatever your plans, and enjoy exploring your why for doing science communication. Bye.